Welcome back. This is another episode of the Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, Matty Matt, along with the good narrator himself, Todd Fox, and special guest of the show, Ms. Gabby. Coming in, we are live, so what you guys need to do is follow our Facebook page, which is Grinding True Crime Podcast. Find us there. Listen to all of our shows that we've done in the past. Look us up on most all of your podcast streams. Just look us up on the Grinding True Crime Podcast. And as well as our sister page, The Grinds, you can find us there and listen to some of our shows that we've done on that page. Now, let's get into it because this is the continuation for part one of the Randy Whiff, Whiff War? Whitfield. Whitfield. There you go. Randy <laughs> Whitfield. The former Packer who was never a Packer, but he's packing. If you get it. So, if you didn't hear our first episode, go back and listen to it. It was really good. We are getting into the meat and potato of what this man is really about. Brief summary, this man was uh, uh, always exposing himself. He's gotten away with it. He served a few years now. Now he's gotten out of jail. And now we're going to find out what exactly he's done since he's gotten out of jail after serving four years of his 10-year sentence. So without further ado, Todd, take it away. What did he do next? <clears throat> so, Mr. Randy Woodfield, as he uh, Matt brought out, just got out of jail for uh, and, and he got an undercover sting because women were getting raped and robbed. So after serving four years, now begins a three-month terror, which starts with Sherry Aries, who was um, one of his pen pals when he was in jail. <clears throat> she used to write him because obviously he's a good-looking guy as we established in episode one mm-hmm. and um, you know as he served time she wrote him he wrote her back he found out where she uh, lived paid her a visit and Ooh. then um, the next day her roommate found her stabbed to death in her apartment Ooh. so this is the first murder that we know of but I'll get into a lot more of that later how long after he got out? We're talking days. Oh. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, so then um, she had also been raped. Um, no clues were left at the crime scene. He was actually interviewed as because he was a pen pal and the jail had information that she had wrote back and forth. They found letters with him, his writing at the house. And um, no charges, no evidence was left. And... Um, he went about his way, and they kept looking into the case. Wow. <clears throat> so, yeah, that sucks. So then, uh, now a little over a month later, November 27th, 1980, um, a 22-year-old Darcy Fix and her boyfriend, 24-year-old Doug Alteg, are both found shot to death in their home, execution style, with a 22 ha- caliber handgun. Mm. Now, how does this relate to Randy? Darcy was an ex-girlfriend of one of Randy's former track and field friends in college. So he now knows both girls, and he could be, you know, as far as association, linked to both girls. Mm -hmm. Randy is again questioned about the murder. What do you think happens? He's let go. Not enough evidence. Yes, sir. Bingo. (laughs) So... His hand must be really red from all the slaps on the wrist that he <laughs> It's swollen already. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> I mean, at least be a nun, a Catholic nun back in the day, and hit him with a ruler, you know? Something. <laughs> yeah, something. But uh, but this makes two girls he's, t- he's tied to, and both are dead. And the police aren't connecting the two cases, even though they're in the same Portland jurisdiction. Wow. <clears throat> so that makes three murders. So little over a month later, December 9th, 1980, um, or I'm sorry, 1979. That was 1979. This is still 1979. So December 9th, 1979, a man wearing a fake beard and a leather jacket. Now, let me just remind you, because I'm going to keep reminding you guys, off the I-5, every single murder and every other offense takes place right off the freeway. So uh, we're talking within walking distance of the freeway. Okay. Um, So a man walks in with a leather jacket into the gas station and a fake beard in Vancouver, Washington, uh, off the I-5 exit. He robs a gas station and beats the clerk and gets away with a few hundred dollars. Dang. Did the clerk survive? Yes. He beat him him pretty good. Okay. Four days later, December 13th, 1980, in Eugene, Oregon, a man with a fake beard and now football tape over his nose like football players wear to help them breathe um let's see if you guys if you guys get this one like (laughs) i'm you know like i'm just gonna hand over my my unemployment check dude (laughs) what place do you think he robs in december what place and i'll I'll give you uh, it's a chain and that's all i'm gonna say like it's a chain that you'd see anywhere but what place do you think he robs in December? McDonald's. In and out. No, no. I'll give you guys one more hint. It's nothing. Um, it's nothing like a, a fast food, but it's a it's a big chain. It's something you wouldn't primarily eat in the summer in the winter time. Something you wouldn't eat in the religion. I have a feeling. Oh. Wintertime? Mm-hmm. Oh, let me think. Baskin Robbins. Okay, we didn't shake on it, all right? But <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Baskin Robbins, dude. Hand over the badge, Tom. Yeah, right, right. Damn it. Uh, so, um... Yeah. <laughs> right? I should have known. That's like my favorite ice cream. What's wrong with me? <laughs> I, why that one? You know what? Easy access right off the freeway. Um, he he's, he's he robbed them for a couple hundred dollars. And not many customers. Yeah, no one's around. She's right. So then December 15th, two days later, man with the same description, beard and tape, robs a family diner, gets a couple hundred dollars. So there's another offense. Okay. Then, then in Seattle, six days later, December 21st, a gunman pin, pins a female clerk of a KFC to the back of uh, t- takes her to the back of the restaurant to perform oral sex on him at gunpoint. No pressure there, right, guys? No. <laughs> <clears throat> That's uh, not cool. This uh, guy, he's on a roll. Yeah, he is. He is. Later in the same day, back to uh, Gabby and Maddie's favorite place, he finds another Baskin Robbins and robs <laughs> it at gunpoint. <laughs> oh, he loves that ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Ch- <laughs> chicken and ice cream bro (laughs) so at this point too off the i-5 from northern california 
to Oregon and into the Washington state area, there are racking up quite a few of rapes and robberies in between these days or on the same day. It's just, it's continuing. And the cops are getting a little like agitated in each state because they're seeing a cluster or they feel a spree. But each state is thinking it's someone different because they're not tying it to the same guy. Mm-hmm. So, um, and at this point too, Randy gets away because let's see if you can get it. How do you think Randy gets away without being located to his vehicle or his vehicle being, you know, noticed? His license plate is blocked. Nope. Is it something crazy? No, but it has to do with, you know, his, his, um, his college, college and, and high school time. His buddies, uh, oh, his friends are picking him up, driving him. No, that'd be crazy if it was, though. but, but that, but that is, that is a good guess, but maybe he's riding the, cars. the Christian car they use. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It has God squad on the side. <laughs> now, um, he's actually driving the Ted M- Ted Bundy mobile, which is a Volkswagen Beetle, um, Weird. But, he, but he parks it three to four blocks away of every place he robs, and he's he literally runs like a wide receiver out of there and to the the car like in record time, like he just books it. Wow! So, so people will see him fleeing the area, but they don't see him getting into a vehicle. And in every one of these sexual assaults. He comes in with the same beard, the same nose over the, the or the same um, tape over the nose and gloves. But when he physically assaults a woman, he takes the gloves off and leaves them there. So today, if you did that, you're just inviting the cops to, to bust. Oh, yeah. You get oh, yeah. caught quick. Yeah. Back then, they're just like, oh, crap, he left gloves. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't he throw them in the no. trash? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get him for littering, too. so um this guy's just brazen and brazen and brazen um and at this at this point the clear modus operandi is continuing and the local police are seeing a lot of patterns he also uh rips the phones out of the walls um before he leaves and he just you know he tells them count to 100 you know like don't uh you're not you're not gonna catch me or whatever you know so mm-hmm. so as time's going by it's january of 1980 um he robs a uh female uh he robs a female clerk at a 7-eleven and uh get this what do you think he tells her to do as he's running out of there with uh 52 dollars uh get on your knees and give me oral sex well he's running out yeah, he's running out Oh, uh. now if he did if he did that he'd be very talented. <laughs> I swear I got a mental picture of that. <laughs> funny. Hey, he could spike, right? Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> She's not a monkey. Uh, uh man. Dang. Get on the cover your face. Nope. What you got, Gabby? Damn, this one's tough. This is tough. Well, he told her to do something as he runs out, right? Yep. Don't tell me he told her to call the cops. 
No, no, no. Nothing like that. Give up? I don't know. I, yeah, yeah. I give up. <laughs> Show me your boobs. <laughs> and so she she flashed him real quick, and he said, nice. And they ran out. <laughs> 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 okay, foul <South> park. <laughs> <laughs> What a weirdo. Yep, yep. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so, you had to leave with an image. Yes, he oh. had to get something out of it. Tell me about So at this point, he's robbing grocery stores, liquor stores, and mom and pop places at an alarming rate through three states on the I-5 daily and multiple times. And no one is just got no leads on them. They got no leads. And the only connection is it's just every time off the freeway, every time off the freeway, every time off the freeway, but not the same area twice. And so at this point, they haven't even thought about like getting ahead of him to catch him. No, because at this point, he has too big of a, a, a play field. Like he's just uh-huh. going up and down the coast. So <clears throat> as this continues multiple times a day, um, even a couple times he's wounding people's, uh, he shot a clerk because she wouldn't give him the money fast enough in the shoulder. Uh, he pistol with, uh, an old, an older man, because again, he was moving too slow. Um, he, uh, beat another woman, uh, because she didn't give him enough. He felt that there was more in the cash register. So he's, he's just taking it to a new level and it's just continuing to rack up, continuing to rack up. So... This is two weeks later. No, no, the last one was on January 3rd. This is January 14th in Corvallis, Oregon. A man, same description. It's always the same description every single time. Uh, obviously, our boy Randy forces his way into a home. Mm-hmm. At, at home, and this is a part that's going to piss you off. There's no laughing matter in this one. An 8-year-old girl and a 10-year-old girl are by themselves for some reason. Oh. He forces them at gunpoint to undress, and he molests them. Wow. Yes. So. What the hell out of that could be a turn on? What a sicko. Exactly. That's the part where you're like, okay, this guy went, you know, obviously his other stuff was like bad too, but we were getting a laugh with some of the stupid hygiene he did. This one is way too far. Yeah, way too far. Crime of opportunity. And it was probably peeping in the area, but again, it was right off the freeway. Now, this was the straw that broke the camel's back because this case right here brought the FBI in because by now they're like, okay, there's way too many cases in three different states to be different guys. This is the same dude. Yeah. And, and with the same de- the description, same tape over the nose, they're like, how could it be anybody else? Mm-hmm. So the FBI gets involved. And uh, the police agencies are forced to cooperate. At this point, they still don't want to cooperate with each other. Wow. But the FBI is forcing all of them to work together. And they come up with a a profile of this dude. They know he's a killer. um, And they make a profile of the killer um, and the robber as a slim, muscular white man, recently divorced or broken up, a loner. Uh, type of attitude with weird tendencies and sexual desires. He can't control his um, his sexual tendencies and acts on them anyway. Now, he threw this last part in, though, as a joke, I, I bet just to piss him off because this went into all the newspapers. 
for, for early 1980, this is not something you want to be brandished as, but um, maybe now it doesn't matter. But with all that they describe him, they throw in the, the little thing on the side that says, with homosexual tendencies. Arrest me. <laughs> yeah, so it sounds like they were trying to like poke him a little bit, like, all right, come on, little punk. They were kind of pissed off. So, <laughs> so yeah. Jan- Jan- here's another one. Here's January 18th, 9- 9.30 p.m. At a Transamerica building in Keezer, Oregon, there are two janitors finishing up their shift in an office building when a man squeezes through the fences outside on the property and gains access to the building. Described as a handsome man with a fake beard, muscular build, comes in and finds Sherry Ho and takes her at gunpoint, then runs into another female janitor, forces now both of them into the background or into the back room by gunpoint, where he makes them take off their clothes and he assaults both of them orally, then proceeds to shoot Sherry Ho and the and the other janitor, Lisa Garcia, in the head multiple times. Wow. Thicko. Yep. He's so, just being a real jerk now. Yes, he is. He leaves. Sherry dies automatically. You know, two gunshots to the head. But somehow, somehow... Lisa Garcia, the other janitor, with two slugs in her head, manages to crawl to the to the phone and call police, saying she's raped and her friend has been raped and shot as well. And the police respond with everybody because obviously the FBI is involved. They're watching anything close to the I-5. Mm-hmm. They get down there in the quickness, you know, like all hands on deck. <clears throat> um, but here's the thing. Officer Jerry Kramer at the time was on his way to the scene just two minutes after the phone call. An officer recalls later seeing a muscular man a mile away from the crime scene on his way there, standing on the street at, uh, late at night by the light, waiting to cross the street by himself. But he figured to himself, should I stop? And then he's like, no, there's no way that dude could be related to the, to the uh, case because he's over a mile away from the the building mm-hmm. there's no way because he runs that fast exactly <laughs> but like knowing what we know and gabby just said he's a former fringe nfl player and a track star and he made over a mile like in two minutes or less so, so the cop kept driving just went on over there to the, the scene yeah, police and fire get there. They save Garcia. She gives a des- oh. description and helps the FBI um, with a description and also uh, what happened in, to her friend. So she survived? She survived with two gunshots to the head. One shot to the head. Point so the cop, the cop realized that it was him? Yeah, uh, years later when, when the, you know, or, or I guess actually a few months later, when he was caught in jail and everything, they basically you know the cop was like hindsight 2020 that was him you know he got a good look at who he actually actually was and i want to guess between that time and then there's more going on oh yeah oh yeah a lot more what a stupid cop yeah he he there's 
when I get to the end of it, you'll you'll be like, man, he could have saved so many lives, but you know, you you never know. But um, the next day, let's see if you guys can get this one. Another random robbery. What gets robbed next? Mm. And we're talking random, so this is not a restaurant. A liquor store. Nope. Uh, McDonald's. I would guess a hardware store. No, but good guesses, but a skating rink. Oh, wow. <laughs> Who robs a skating rink? This guy does. Jesus. So then after he robs them of some minuscule money, hits the, the guy over the head again. The next day he goes, same description, robs a Dairy Queen. And during this time, he's he's actually living in Oregon, in Portland, with a family of four. He's renting a room. Wow. So the family has no idea they, that they have a killer and a rapist in their house. Wow. Oh. Yep. And then January 29th, he robs Winchell's Donut Shop, steals 70 bucks, then gropes the clerk and a female customer on the way out. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> this guy is stupid. This boy is just doing whatever he knows he can get away with. It's no longer about desire. <laughs> and then what's right across the street? Motel 6. Let's rob them too. And then, <laughs> so he gets them robbed. He then drives two blocks east uh, down the road and goes to a Burger King and does the same thing there and then gets on the I-5 and disappears. So he's just he's just fetishing robbery and all this crime and stuff. It's like a fetish sim. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's he's going all in, dude. All in he's or not in. He's having a blast because he can't get caught. Yes. So February 3rd, he's in Redding, California now. Okay. He kidnaps two waitresses after robbing the restaurant of $200 where they worked. He ties up the 46 year old with a uh, duct tape and he forces sex acts on the 18 year old waitress. Uh, what? yeah, dude is a scumbag, but at least this scumbag left him alive. So he left him out in the field. They, they later gave the same description, same MO, whatever. Right. Later in the day, 15 miles away, in Mountain Gate, California, he finds a home and enters it with a 37-year-old mo mother, Donya Eckerd, and her 14-year-old daughter, which, wow. which name I couldn't find. Um, the mother was found by the police later that evening when the husband came home to be tied up with duct tape and shot in the head, and the 14-year-old was not tied up, but she was naked and had been raped and shot in the head in the bedroom. Wow. Yeah. He's sick. <clears throat> exactly. This oh, one. Police were disgusted and pissed off at this point. Along with the FBI, they were turning things up, but it seemed like no matter how hot the, the temperature got on the heat, they couldn't narrow the dude down or find him or come close. In February 4th of that year, in Yurka, California, 100 miles away, in a small town, another kidnapping takes place on the I-5. A man gets into a car of a 20-year-old uh, that was parked next to a telephone. Uh, he takes her to a secluded spot where he ties her up and rapes her, but lets her go. Same description, same band-aid. Wow. Everything, same fake beard. He's, he's got just laughing now. Yeah, he's got well over 100 cases on him, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Jesus. Yeah, he's just he's just going for it, man. Just going for it. Uh, the next day, he goes to a grocery store, robs it, takes the female cashier in the back, and let's just say, and this is, I mean, I'm, I'm toning it down. Let's just say he skeets all over the woman's face for fun and laughs. <laughs> wow. Wait, what? He, Let's just say he uh, got very excited and all over her face. Yes. Wow. And he did it for fun and laughed about it. Um, wow. Yeah. So then uh, later in the day, same day, he's in Albany, Oregon, where the same man uh, goes to a laundromat, right? I mean, come on. You're at a laundromat. You just want to do your laundry, damn it. And these two, Seriously. yeah, these these two women are sodomized by gunpoint in the same laundromat at the same time. Serious? Yep. Yep. Then he goes. Then he goes. Ne- <laughs> he what? No, I'm just saying. Like, how is he able to do all this in so many in just that short's window, man? Yeah, it's, it's, and it's continuing. And you're talking the very next day. He goes to a place called Sassy Dress Shop. You wouldn't think this guy is going to be going to a sassy dress shop. Yeah. But he, but he does. Takes 50 bucks. And luckily, the woman is elderly and he does not touch her. But he does tie her up and, you know, leaves her there. Um, the same day, same town. Robs a Dairy Queen. Locks the male employee in the freezer. Then rapes the girl in Bellevue, Washington. Did he kill them? Nope. Nope, he didn't kill so them. So he jumps back and forth like something must trigger him to kill them if he lets go of a lot. Good point, because later on he says that if things didn't go his way, that was just the easy way to take, you know, take action. Like, you had to comply for your life. You weren't, you weren't gonna, if you resisted him, like Gabby said, that's it. Wow. Yep. So he was judged during executioner, unfortunately. Wow. So two days later, he drives to Beaverton, Oregon, where he meets up with a former co-worker of his that was barely 18 at the time when he got that job at 7-Eleven. Uh, her name was Julie Reese. Mm-hmm. Now, Reese's mom, the night before, had said, hey, I want you to be careful. You know, you're living on your own. There's a madman out there because right now it's all over the news. There's a madman. Mm-hmm. And so basically she's like, hey, watch yourself. Please be careful. Um, she's found the next day um, raped, shot in the head. Um, the cause of, uh, you know, because Miss Garcia, the janitor, had survived, these three cases were linked because she picks out at the same time they found this body. Randy Wolfer's uh, picture out of a lineup. So now they know who they're looking for. They had no idea before. So now they could plaster his face everywhere. And so police police and the FBI are on it. So February 18th, Eugene, Oregon, he robs a 7-Eleven, rapes the clerk. He goes to Seattle, uh, robs a taco time. And, uh, you know, it's it's continuing. And then he went over the next two days in Oregon and Washington where he rapes three more girls. Finally, March 3rd, they track him down to a place where he worked at, which is 
the 7-Eleven. They got him right there. Um, he's brought in for questioning, plus arrested, and they find a fake beard along with plenty of football tape uh, for your nose. And was a round, and there was a round of, um, which was used in the round of robberies and assaults and murders. And they found some duct tape, which matched, matched the other duct tape. And one spent 22 caliber bullet shell that he held on to for some reason, which was matched to the other murders. Wow. Yep. And so uh, he gets charged with three counts of murder, plus several counts of kidnapping and rape and armed robbery, as they link all the cases through his MO and his description. Wow. And he was on. Oh, go ahead. Only three counts of murder? Only three counts of murder, because those were the three that they could for sure get him on. Wow, but he killed so many. Oh, that's not, that's the tip of the iceberg. Tip of the iceberg. Watch as I get into this. We're finishing up here. Check this out because we're kind of running out of time. We're not going to have time for a third episode. So let me get through this real quick, and then you'll have all the questions. He's on trial for th- in three different states, and the prosecutor for Oregon was, get this, the actor Dick Van Dyke's son. Real oh, wow. in Real life, yeah. He was the uh, prosecutioner. Garcia testified about being shot in the head twice, picked him out of a lineup, and described him to a T. He was found guilty and received uh, 99 years plus uh, 40 years for sodomy and rape and sexual uh, acts on females. And he is now serving time through, uh, when he was serving time through the 80s, he began to get suspected of more murders and robberies that were unsolved. Like those other ones I had described, they weren't able to pin those on him because up and down the coast, because there was no DNA. Now DNA came into into play in the 90s and then the early 2000s uh they found a few more bodies by uh, mount saint helens they found uh, hitchhikers there there was four bodies that were at the time there was a short window where he was in huntington beach california they found four bodies that were left off the freeway in similar fashion as the other victims with gunshot <laughs> wounds um they estimate on his mo and his dna alone that linked him to 18 murders as of 2012 and they suspect him because of mo but they can't prove it just yet they're still working on it because it's still an open case he's literally gotten 100 more years tacked on to his his um his uh sentence but he's linked to a total of 44 murders 18 of which they can prove the other ones they're still trying to wow yes so that is no the story. slap on the wrist this time. Say what? No slap on the wrist this time. Oh no, no, he's he's dead in the water, but he's just as cocky as can be, and his interviews are all about himself. He has no remorse whatsoever. Yeah. Oh, I, I want to see one of these interviews. I can't stand him. Yeah, look him up and see what you guys think. Um, but that is the case of Randy Wolford. Any questions, thoughts, or just? I'm wow. just. How he went on a spree in that matter of time and got away with it for just like that. He'll do not just one in one day, he'll do like 10 in one day. Yeah. That's just crazy. And all what pisses me off is like from the beginning, there was already like red flags about him and they knew he was doing stupid things. Like, how did it not occur to anybody that he was eventually going to escalate into worse things and they just let him get away with everything? That was the 1970s, early 80s, unfortunately. The time they were... I mean, I mean, now at least you'll have a psychologist that would go in there. They'd have a, a reputable, um, what's it called, um, 
parole officer or someone checking up on you. You have to go to classes or something and they'll check your mental state. But back then they're just like, like Gabby said, slap on the wrist, continue to do what you're doing until you do That's something. Crazy. That's so stupid. Yeah. A person who knows no psychology could see this man has issues. Yes. Yes. So think, just let it sink in again, 18 convicted murders that they can tie him to that he's been charged with. And then you have, 44 that could be the end total of you know that or fit his mo to a t and this i feel like if there's so many similarities between all of them it's like at this point his whole life is going to be in prison just pin them to him it's clear it's him mm -hmm. i would say the same thing but see even then with all his time he's never going to get out he could always fight it and then the courts don't want to waste money if uh what sucks for the families is the families won't get the closure and the courts don't want to waste the money going through a trial knowing that the guy's already serving life plus life and you know like they've already got enough evidence but then again you're not closing these cases so i see gabby's point but it would cost money to do that you know yeah it's all about money it is it's how people feel mm-hmm unfortunately that's it but but we got what happened how long we got? We got about three and a half minutes. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, man. It, the one, the one that really got on the mice can was the eight and the ten year old. Like, he went too far with all of the cases, but that one right there, you can't, can't, can't touch the kids, man. Yeah, yeah. Or the twelve year old. What's it? Fourteen year old with his. Well, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, and the fourteen year old as well. You know, that one. But kudos to the the women who survived those gunshots, man. You gotta have really strong willpower to to take that and still remember or give a good description. Because I mean, that's brain damage. Yeah. Even well, of it. well for, fortunately for her, she did, she was quoted. I left it out. She was quoted as saying, "I must have a hard head." So that <laughs> you know, she must. That's how it would work. But it didn't work for her friend, sadly. Um, but. In the end, you know, she was a huge part of his demise, and so many bodies were up and down the the coast and injuries. And I mean, I don't know what the end game was. I think he just wanted to continue till he was caught. He was all over the place because it was like the only thing that was the same in everyone is his costume mm -hmm. and his style to kill people, but. Other than that, it was just a bunch of things like in the moment he would decide if he's going to do something different or not. Like he'd just go with the flow. Absolutely. And they never even knew his car until it was over. No one ever spotted his car. He must have been very fast for him to park his car three miles away and then jet line straight to, to his car without getting caught, man. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. That's, whew. Mm. that's crazy. That's our show, man. You got a minute and a half to get us out of here. Let's close it out, you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed the show of Randy Woodman, right? Woodford. Woodford. I keep saying Woodman. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, that was the show. Uh, first time we did the two-parter, right? No, yes. second. Well, first time, well, we, we combined the two into one last time. That's right. So this was pretty good, really good. And uh, next week is going to be a little something special. I will be doing a, a true crime podcast so i'm gonna be narrating next week maddie matt and that's what we're gonna do we're gonna try to rotate so give todd a break next week so listen in for my first true crime podcast narrated oh can't wait bro yeah 
So without further ado, this is the True Crime Podcast. Listen to us on our um, pod, podcast streams. You can find us on our page, our Facebook page, True Crime Podcast. This is Maddie Matt signing off with Todd Fox, our narrator. Yes. And our special guest. I know I said your name. <laughs> and our special guest. Gabby. <laughs> Sorry, Todd. Go ahead, Todd, our narrator. Todd Fox. There we go. All right. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Kudos. <laughs>